How's it going? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast. JJ Duke, Drew Kingsley here with you and champions. We finally get to drop one of those at the beginning of the show. And boy, do we have a big episode for you. We will start with Fairfield Women's Lacrosse winning the MAC championship just for us a couple of hours ago, but it was this past Sunday. We will discuss that. Fairfield baseball going up to Niagara, sweeping a four-game series. That's going to be in this show. Women's softball getting through to the next round of the MAC championship tournament, basically championship weekend with a sweep of Siena. A couple other things that will hit on the show as well. But, Drew, we have spent a lot of time at Rafferty Stadium in the past week or so, but for all the right reasons, because Fairfield women's lacrosse have once again achieve the top of the mountain in the league, winning the women's lacrosse tournament. As on Sunday, the Stags knocked off the second-seeded Siena College Saints by a score of 12 day at Rafferty Stadium, which would be now their third consecutive postseason tournament victory. And Drew, this one, I said this on the broadcast, and for all the reasons in the world I think people know by now, this one feels just as more sweeter than any of the previous. Oh yeah. I think every team that's won a, a championship uh, in their sport, any conference on a national level, whatever, it's been a little sweeter this year because we know all the hard work everybody put in just, just to get on the field, never mind to play for a big shiny trophy. So, but yeah, for the stags, I think all they went through and the way last season wrapped up with sort of a sour taste in their mouths. Um, it's just, it, it means the world to this bunch to be able to come back and remind everybody, Hey, we won a couple of these before and the road to the Mac championship and women's lacrosse still comes through Rafferty stadium. That it does. Uh, Before we get to the final, however, Fairfield actually had another game to get to that final, which was a very difficult semifinal on Thursday, this past Thursday, where the Stags welcomed in Niagara who powered through their quarterfinal against Quinnipiac last Saturday. Tell you what, uh, that game against Niagara, very similar to what Fairfield not only had to deal with in their quarterfinal game against Maris, but also what we saw on Sunday in the championship game. It wasn't an easy game. Fairfield fell behind 5-3 with 13 minutes left to go in the first half. Uh, Kelly Horning picked up a yellow card eight minutes in, which I don't think many people had that on their bingo cards. Um, And grad attacker Meg Graham was trying to power through an upper leg injury that she sustained against Maris the previous game. Um, You would kind of start to think at that point, going down by four with 13 minutes left, that it just might not have been Fairfield's day. Well, the Calvary came in that game, but it wasn't the faces that you usually expect. Step up the sophomore class. Elizabeth Toledo, out of nowhere with a hat trick, basically played a couple of games at all this season and shows up big in the semifinal. Maggie Fort had a hat trick in that game. Then a couple other players started to get their games rolling, but it was enough to get the Stags over the line as they knocked off Niagara 15 to 10, including outscoring the Purple Eagles 10 to 5. Um, but yeah, Sunday, kind of the same thing. Sienna jumped out early. 4-1 lead through seven and a half minutes. Coach Field had a call timeout. And I know, obviously, we, Drew, are in different capacities. I was calling the game. You were handling statistics. Did it feel kind of like at that point that if Fairfield did not respond, Sienna very well could have ran away with that? 
I mean, I think you and I have been around this team long enough to know that you never truly count them out, but knowing that we're talking about a Sienna team that had hung 21 goals in their quarterfinal, hung 20 on Monmouth, beat Monmouth by nine in the semifinals. I think, yeah, that was certainly in the back of my mind that this is a team that can keep the pressure on. They're very good offensively. They have seven players up there on offense. Anytime any of them have the ball, you're a little bit nervous as a fan. They're very good on the draw. So, you know, they can turn it in to make it, take it lacrosse, which is dangerous. But like I said, you can't count out this Fairfield team. We've seen it. If you want to include the, um, sorry, the Monmouth game, the regular season finale, that's a four games in a row. Now they've had to rally back and uh, to pull out a victory. And this time it was, it was the big one. And this time, yeah, it was against a very tough Sienna team and they pulled it out. The resilience was certainly there as Fairfield came out of that timeout, scored seven of the next nine goals to take a two goal lead into the locker room. But what was interesting that happened afterwards is something that was actually working well for Fairfield in the previous weeks, but something that we hadn't seen a whole lot from Sienna, which was a very quiet offensive half. Now Sienna, as Drew mentioned, 41 goals into MAC tournament games, which is just wild to think. In fact, they went on to break their own record for most goals scored in a MAC tournament period. During an eight game winning streak that they had, Sienna had coming into the championship, they averaged over 17 and a half goals per game. But Fairfield kept them quiet basically throughout the remaining stretch of that game. Obviously, we said the final was 12 to eight, but it was long stretches of time that Sienna didn't even register good offensive sets, let alone goals. And I think that's where you start to see the marks of a champion. And it was the charges taken by Caroline Mangan. It was the lockdown defense of Kayla Bay, who drew just about every tough assignment on every defensive possession. She handled it brilliantly. And then Olivia Conquest, fair play to her, who had a very difficult first half, comes up and makes three big saves to start the second half. And I think that just allowed the offense to take a little sigh of relief and saying, okay, our defense has got this. Now we can go finish the game off. It was, when all was said and done, a bit of a workmanlike effort on the offensive end. 12 goals is about the Fairfield average. You know, nobody had, nobody had a seven or eight point day. But then you look at the defensive side and um, it might be a head scratcher if you didn't see the game with Caroline Mangan, MVP. But I don't think that's a surprise to anybody who watched this game in this tournament that somebody from that defense and Coach Field, when I spoke to her after the game, was very clear about that. Caroline is the MVP and she deserves it. But really, that defense from live conquest to the defenders to the defensive midfielders to really even the attackers on the ride, that just that defensive effort was the true MVP of this tournament run. Yeah, and we actually talked about that with Caroline after the game because like, I kind of joked that they're saying, Whenever in a world do you see a championship game, most outstanding player, most valuable player being a defender, but sometimes defenders do make the big plays and are the game changers. So uh, you're going to hear from her. And then also you will be hearing both from head coach Laura Field as well as senior Deanna DeVita uh, that aired on the post game interview that was on our ESPN plus broadcast. Uh, which was with myself and my partner for the day, Abby Witzak. So the interviews that you'll hear is first Laura Field, then Deanna DeVita, followed up by Caroline Mangan. We're going to be joined now by head coach Laura Field. And coach, first off, congratulations. I, I know that this season 
we've talked before, has been so emotional on so many levels. I don't even know if there's truly words that can actually describe what this day is. No, I'm, I'm so proud of our girls. I think, you know, honestly, it's been a long year, but they've played their butts off. We said it before in the pregame. You know, all we need is to get to this point, and we know we have the capability to do it. The player that's standing off just to the side, Deanna DeVita, coming through when the moment mattered, a couple of big assists, a couple yeah. of big goals, and she was the heart and soul of that offense today. She had a great game, you know, and, and this is something that we've, we've come to rely on. She's, she's an awesome player. She played exceptionally today. Coach, incredibly challenging to have your team run out the clock for a minute and 30 seconds to end the game. What was your message to them as they had to take that opportunity to play smart, not shoot on the open net and yep. play disciplined? I think you know we've learned from the games we've played that it's never over. I mean, if you take our championship run, you know we, we were capable of coming back in the end of the minutes. So um, we didn't want that to happen to us. And Sienna is a great team. They have a very potent offense. Um, they played their butts off. They can hustle, so we don't want to give them any more opportunities. Coach, go celebrate with your team. Well Thank done. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That was head coach Laura Field, her third straight championship as a head coach. And now we bring in Deanna DeVita. Deanna, I said to your coach a moment ago that this season has been so difficult on so many levels. It truly has to make this day so much more sweeter. Yeah, I mean, Coach Laura has been talking about this day since the fall, September. She said our goal is to get to that championship and to host that championship. And I am just so happy that my team made it through all the obstacles this year and we came on top. This game was not easy, especially from the get-go or Siena getting an early lead. A timeout was taken. What was said to the offensive group to try and right the ship? Uh, just to hold the ball, be patient. We knew what we had to do. We practiced this in practice, being down, um, and we just knew what we had to do. We knew that they would come out on top if we didn't give it our all for the whole entire game, and that's what we did, and we came out on top. Deanna, two goals, two assists. What does this championship mean to you as an individual and this Fairfield Stags program? Being a senior, obviously leaving with another ring is the most you can ask for. Um, I'm so happy I had my team by my side. I knew they had my back the whole time and we had each other's backs and that's how we won this. Going back to the big dance, that sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's funny about when you see player of the tournament type things, not often does it go to a defensive player, but my goodness, Caroline Mangan, you put in a shift today. That was not easy, especially when Sienna goes 4-1 up early. What was going through your guys' mind to get back into it? Um, well, we know in our last game against Niagara, we had a we were down early, and we just knew that we needed to stay calm and stay composed and take a little bit extra risk because we knew they were winning the draws early. But we came back and we just we stuck to each other and we stayed composed as a team and as a unit, we did it. Second half, you took a couple of big charges down there, and also Olivia Conquest coming up with big saves. Did that kind of get you guys over the line, especially where Sienna was starting to get a little quiet on the goal front? Yes, definitely. I mean, there's some big shots that Olivia saved for us. I mean, we were all getting beat up points, and we all needed her to say, step up, and she did. She always does. She's one of the best. And, I mean, we were just – I knew that 41 liked to drive hard, so I was just trying to take a charge and get the ball to go the other way, and that's what I did, and it worked. They always say championships. There's, like, a different theme for every one of them. I think this year more than any other – it's just one that you guys are, I, I figure you're cherishing more than the rest of them, right? Yeah, definitely. When we had that overtime win in the quarters, we knew that could be our only, that was our only overtime win. And we're going to move on and hopefully have some easy wins from now on. And that's what happened. So we are also recording this show very late on Sunday night to be released on Monday morning because of the fact that I had to wait around a little extra time because, you know, there's a little thing called an NCAA tournament bracket reveal, which, by the way, awesome that ESPNU doing a 
same time, same show, men's and women's bracket release, which I felt that, you know, it's been a long time coming, but it's also just a great opportunity to showcase the game of lacrosse, period, and just have one big night for it. So Fairfield are going to be traveling up to the overall number four seed in the tournament. That's Boston College. That game is going to be up in Chestnut Hill on Friday, May the 14th. It's scheduled right now to be at 1 p.m. and streaming will either be on ESPN3 or ESPN+. Plus. Now, Drew, you and I were talking a little bit before this recording in Fairfield. Um, they haven't had the best runs, to be perfectly honest, in the NCAA tournament the last few seasons. Go back to the 2017 season, uh, Fairfield, or excuse me, the 2018 season, my apologies. Fairfield uh, traveled to Loyola and didn't have a great showing. The following season, losing to Wagner at home in a play-in game. I think for not only this team, but the senior class as a whole, there's a little bit of pride at stake. Yeah, not the odds on favorite. Charlotte North is a human highlight reel for the Eagles. And one of their coaches is Sam Apuzo, who might be one of the best college lacrosse players in the women's side the game has ever had. But I think these players know deep down that they want to put in one more good shift. If anything, leave that field with your, your heads held high. It's uh, definitely the next thing sort of on the bucket list for a Fairfield women's lacrosse player or for the program is, you know, there's the MAC championship, there's getting to the NCAA tournament, and then there's, you know, putting in a good showing in the NCAA tournament. It's BC is a tough draw, but, you know, at this, at this level that they're all tough draws, there's not a team on that bracket that Fairfield could have drawn that where they wouldn't likely be the underdog, but they've got, well, it's late Sunday. They've got four days to get ready for the number four, could even be number three by the time the poll comes out tomorrow, team in the country and Boston College. And they're, they're, you know they're going to be prepared mentally. Those coaches, I'm sure, are already checking out film, getting things ready for tomorrow's film and practice session. It's going to be an uphill battle. But, yeah, this team, these seniors definitely want something where they can hang their heads high when they uh, – hang up the jersey for the last time but again congratulations to that entire team the coaching staff support staff it's been one heck of a ride thus far and love to see it going for a little while longer a couple other teams to check in on first it would be fairfield baseball because we can't have a show without checking in on bill courier stags and it was a a true road trip weekend for this team it wasn't busing back and forth to either manhattan or st peter's no no gotta go to lewiston new york Take on Niagara. It's a long bus ride. Cold weather out there as well for the few days, but it didn't matter for Fairfield baseball. Battle first or second, no problem. Bill Courier's team passing that test with flying colors, sweeping the four-game series against Niagara, improving the 32-1, and and we can go ahead and say this. This solidifies them that they are going to be the team with the most wins in the MAC once the tournament time hits couple of big highlights from the series. Michael Sansone, another gem in the first game, a four-hit complete game shutout. Mike Caruso going to have a big offensive first day where he had the lone run, a solo homer in game one. Sansone's whip right now, wild, a .8. With that's walks and hits per inning. That's less than one. Insane. Jake Noviello takes the baton for the second game. 
equally as good. Seven innings, one run, six Ks. He's got a 1.34 ERA. Caruso had another big RBI knock. Justin Guerrero, big RBI double late in that second game uh, to get the Stags over the bump in that one. Day two, however, was a, a whole lot of offense. So much so that it's 18 runs across the 16 innings. There's too much to actually dive into because literally everybody did something. I mean, it either starts with Mike Handel at the top with the homer and a bunch of knocks and Owen Wassliger at the number nine spot also having a multi-hit game. So, you know, Drew, I'm trying to think right now in this league what is left for the challenge to come. And I'm not saying that there's not going to be challenges ahead, but what is really left for this team to face in terms of a test before they face what really is going to be the meat of the postseason? Yeah, I think uh, you hit it on the head there. These these wins in different ways, whether it's a comeback or just a game that's back and forth the whole way, they've got a walk-off or two in there. And even the the one loss, the loss to Siena, I think they've all served a purpose. And I think, you know, they're not – they're not 32 and one and just rolling over teams. So they have done their share of that. They're, um, you know, they're, they're finding different ways to win. They're really having to tap into their depth in the lineup, in the, uh, in the bullpen on occasion, you know, the starters have been great, but when guys are called on to come out of the bullpen, they've been doing their job uh, almost across the board and every single time out. And yeah, I think we've sort of seen what it will take or what it can take to beat the Stags. There's a lot of good arms in this league. I would say every team has a pitcher that can go out there for seven, nine innings or nine innings and shut down the Stags once. And when you get to that short two out of three series, that's really all it takes to give yourself the upper hand or even going into that double elimination. If you lose that first game, which is likely against somebody's ace, that then you're just, you're, you're fighting against the odds the rest of the way, even if you are, the number one seed with a just a ridiculous record like the stags have right now. So they've really in all these different ways to win. They're just, they're setting themselves up for a postseason run. It's the most boring thing to say about a team that's 32 and one, but I'm going to keep saying it. They're setting themselves up for the Mac championship. That's been the goal since February, January, whenever this team came back together on campus. And that hasn't changed just because their record is as sparkling as it is. No, absolutely. Now it, it's actually kind of an interesting part of the season right now for Fairfield because as of right now, they have no more scheduled games uh, due to the fact that they played a couple of, or at least a doubleheader against St. Peter's, four games against Maris wiped off the board earlier this season. Maybe there might be a game or two that happens. We don't know that information, at least as of right now, but as it stands, that's it. Now they have to wait and see. And I think probably the worst thing for Bill Courier's team is they don't want to sit around and wait, but unfortunately they're going to have to, because this was going to be their bye week anyway. So um, they will be sitting. They're going to watch what's happening elsewhere. And we're next this time next week, we will have their opponent for the best of three quarterfinal round, which will be taking place on the weekend of May 21st through the 23rd. The other bat and bowl sport, Positive news on the playoff front. Fairfield softball getting through to the championship round as earlier this week, they swept a final doubleheader on the road at Quinnipiac on Tuesday by scores of five to four and five to two. Stags earned the number four seed in the MAC championship tournament. 
quarterfinal series hosting rights as they welcomed in Siena, who ironically enough, they had a chance to jump Fairfield in the standings. Mother Nature had different plans last Wednesday. It rained, couldn't get those games in. Sienna has to come down here. Stag said, thank you very much. I'll take that home cooking for two games, please. And they got those two games and two wins on Friday. So they won the opener 3-0 and the nightcap 5-2 to advance the next week's championship weekend. Game one saw freshman Ali Bridgman toss a three-hit complete game shutout. Wasn't a dominant performance by any means. Got a lot of help from the defense as they actually translated all day long. But the Stags got timely hitting. Caitlin Hoffman... RBI single early, Michaela Rubin, a couple of RBI doubles through the double header, and then a late insurance run from an RBI single by Abby Wright to get game one in the books. Game two, Lauren Reinhardt got the ball, and she battled her heart out. It wasn't vintage. She had traffic on the bases the majority of the game, but relied on defense, got five Ks and six in the third innings. But as they did in game one, the Stags played out from in front, back-to-back RBI doubles, the first coming from Rubin, Uh, In game two, this is in the third inning. And then Lacey Olaf going opposite field to run double. Then after an RBI double for Madison Robichaud, there was a bit of controversy in the sixth inning. This is where game actually could have changed a bit, Drew, where with runners on first and second for Sienna, one out, Sabrina Vargas was called out for interference with the Fairfield first baseman trying to beat out an infield hit, sent off fireworks in the Sienna dugout. If that call didn't happen, it would have scored a run, meant Siena would have been down three, two runners on with none, or excuse me, with just one out. But instead, there were outs, still runners on base, still four nothing. Now, granted, Isabel DeChiro, a second TML conference member, did get a two-run double, made it four to two, but Casey Sekula wasn't waiting around, bomb in six inning, solo bomb over the left center field wall. Bailey Taylor comes on to get the save. And Fairfield moving on to play another week. And, you know, home cooking is such a, big thing in sport and Fairfield softball have been enjoying playing at home all season long drew if I I look at their record right now at home this season they're 16 and 6 it doesn't get much better than that yeah this team has really capitalized on some of the the intricacies I guess you could call them of how this schedule has worked out they ended up playing a lot of home games much like baseball and they they cashed in on that you know but that's only that's only a part of it. A, a bad team doesn't go 16 and six at home just because they're at home. You know, this team is uh, really shook off that sweep at Monmouth to win two big games at Quinnipiac just to make sure they got to play at home. And then they took advantage of it against Siena and swept that series. It it didn't feel like a sweep. It was your classic four or five these games. Every inning felt like it could go either way, but Fairfield pulled it out and now they're headed. Uh, on the long road trip, I guess, into the championship weekend where um, Coach B, to nobody's surprise, has this team clicking at the right time, as she always seems to do. Yeah, and that's going to be actually a fun little four-team tournament because, yeah, as Drew mentioned, Monmouth. Monmouth, they're not going to be there as the number one seed because they got the rather unlucky draw and having to face Maris in the quarterfinals and the Red Foxes go and sweep them. Uh, the other teams, Canisius will be hosting as now the number two seed. They'll take on Maris in one of the games. And Fairfield are scheduled to play Manhattan, who knocked off Iona and their litany of major award winners in three games. So it all to play for. And that's what the postseason is all about. And I had a chance to talk with Lauren Reinhardt after the conclusion of the 
series sweep over Siena. And here's what she had to say. Lauren, it's never easy playing best of three series, especially against a team like Siena, where you guys split in the regular season. Tough pitching, though, from you and the rest of your team as a whole. So what did, what was working for you today? Um, I think the Allie, the first game, did a great job hitting her spots, keeping the headers off balance, and finding that they had a weakness on the outside corner. And I kind of carried that over into the second game and really found my curveball and had a really good umpire, which um, does amazing things for us. We have an umpire that has a good corner. So I think that really helped us a lot today and helped the team. And it also helps having a couple runs behind you to pitch with. Yeah, I was about to say, especially winning the first game as well. You get the ball for game two. So was it almost maybe a little bit pressure off thinking that, okay, at least at minimum we're still going to have a chance to fight for one more day. I can just go out and do my thing. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, but honestly, I just take it game by game and it doesn't really matter um, the outcome first. Next game, I just want to play in the moment and do the best I can in that time. When you guys found out that you're going to be playing this series at home, how much were you guys excited to see that? Especially the fact you guys are playing really well at home this year. Um, we were super excited. It, it, we were all kind of biting our fingernails leading up to it because there was a lot of different teams that were really neck and neck. So we were stoked to have another home game this year. And we'll see how the other teams do because who knows, we might be able to get another one, but it just depends. How much were you praying for rain on Wednesday after uh, you guys played on Tuesday and saw that Sienna got their game canceled to come here? Oh, yeah, we were definitely hoping for rain or at least for them to lose, but the rain is more ideal. <laughs> How much confidence now do you guys get moving on after a day like this, especially after the last time Fairfield softball were in the playoffs, it was two and out? Yeah, um, I think it's just a big confidence booster, and um, it just really gets our momentum in the right direction, especially getting a sweep today and not having to play that third game was really awesome. So we get a nice little day break. <laughs> now, lastly, you had a big embrace with your sister, Taylor. And I know it's difficult because she played her last game. You're coming back for one more season, but kind of in a happy note, how much fun was it? The fact that you get to share this experience playing, yes, against each other, but still sharing the field together. It was amazing. We've actually never played on a, a team against each other. We've always been on the same team, so it was really cool to be able to play against her and be here for her, you know, last games. Emotional, but it was awesome. So thanks again to Lauren for chatting with me. Uh, one more quick note before we move on to the upcoming schedule. Big congratulations to the Fairfield University men's rowing novice for a boat as they captured the gold medal in Saturday's Dad Bale Regatta down in Philadelphia. After that boat won its heat earlier in the day, uh, the novice 4A boat crossed the line in the final nearly two seconds ahead of its nearest opponent at a time of 6 minutes, 36.675 seconds. Uh, the Stags defeated entries from Mercyhurst, Temple, Virginia, Marietta, and Lafayette in that final. So congratulations uh, to the boat members of Alex Hemet, Michael Hamilton, Brendan Martin, Mike McCarthy, and the Coxswain, Tom Lynn. Um, Drew, before I get to the upcoming schedule, what do you got for us and some final thoughts? Uh, this is something I actually was thinking about on my drive home from Rafferty Stadium and the Women's Across Mac Championship today. But um, the, the phrase that kept ringing in my mind is something I actually picked up from Megan Thyler a few years ago, which is underdog mentality. And I, th I think 
to call a team that's 13 and one and headed to the NCAA tournament an underdog is maybe it's a stretch if you haven't really been around this team and this program for a while. But when I think about Fairfield women's lacrosse, I think about the underdog mentality and just how hard they fought and scratched and clawed, you know, they're not, they're not the team with the 50 goal scorers. You know, they're not the team that was pulling down major award after major award or weekly award after weekly award. They were just a group that believed in each other and uh, nothing sums them up better than the fact that a defender, as we talked about earlier, a defender, not even a defender that was putting up stats on, you know, on in the box score was the championship MVP and Caroline Mangan. So first of all, shout out to her, that whole defensive unit, that whole team, and just, just the way they've gone to work every day this year, really every day, this group is sort of a feels this, this senior class, especially uh, since 2018, just every day they've gone to work and they've been overshadowed and overlooked when it comes to awards and acknowledgement throughout the regular season. And then when it comes to May, it comes to tournament time, they just get together as a team and say, Hey, this isn't about those awards. It's about that one big trophy and we're going to go get it. Absolutely. I mean, chasing ring season part three, and that certainly was the case for Fairfield women's lacrosse. And as we mentioned in the upcoming schedule, they're going to be traveling up to Boston College, number four seed, one o'clock on Friday, May the 14th. Softball in that championship round listed on the MAC website Thursday the 13th through Sunday the 16th. We don't have game times as of the time of recording. We, again, assume that it is going to be the Stags against Manhattan. Uh, and the other matchup will be Canisius and Maris. That is a double elimination tournament. What we do know is all the games will be streaming on ESPN Plus, so you can watch all the games there. And then, of course, uh, women's rowing in the MAC championship event, which will be held down at the Pensacon Township uh, area, South Jersey represent. Uh, so that will be on Sunday the 16th. So, Drew, good stuff. Uh, got a lot of tournament stuff that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks to close out this first season, the stag sports rap podcast, but it's nice to have one trophy already in the case. Yeah, it's been uh, if, due to how the 2020 season wrapped up. It's been a long time coming since we got to talk about a Mac championship and it's uh, it's really exciting to do it. I'm sure, I'm sure it's no surprise from this last half hour. Or so I'm just really pumped for this team really pumped for what's to come this week as they get to go play in the NCAA tournament and uh, let, let's go. I'm ready. Let's go take it to the Eagles. What a boy. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Stag Sports Rep podcast. Make sure to be with us on our website, fairfieldstags.com for any updates as well as streaming locations for various games. If you can't obviously get up there in person to any of our events and also stay tuned with us on our socials at Fairfield Stags on Twitter and Instagram and at the Stags Sports Net on Twitter. So for Drew, I'm JJ signing off till next time. Go Stags.